0: Hello and welcome, Nationals fans, to the podcast, your World Cup free zone, as long as you don't follow me on Twitter. I'm your host, Blake Finney, and someone needs to confiscate my phone to stop me from editing Nationals players' faces onto random pictures. Uh, Joining me this week to look ahead to the Blue Jays series is one of our contributors at District on Deck and resident Blue Jays fan, even though I'm not sure that's a good thing at the moment, Sean Addis, How are you doing, Sean?
1: I'm well. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Like I said, I'm looking forward to the World Cup, but we're here to talk about baseball,
1: unfortunately. Yes, we are.
0: (laughs) Uh, So first up, we're going to look back at the Nats two-game series against the Yankees. Obviously, it was, it was a very Jekyll and Hyde series. They were shut out in the loss on Tuesday, but then we had Sotorama on Wednesday. Um, and usually what we do is we try and pick a player of the series, but uh, I'm not going to give out any prizes for guessing who your player of the series might be for the Nats.
1: Um, definitely Soto. I mean, uh, he, uh, I, I continue to be impressed with the ability – uh, the way he goes about his at-bats. Like he's nine, you know, they always talk about his age, but it doesn't matter. 19, 25 years old, being new to the league. Uh, I've seen him come up to the plate with runners on and so many times with young players, you see them and they just want to swing. They want to swing no matter what and have seen him multiple times take pitches, get the walk. And you don't always see that. You don't always see that. And it's always impressive to watch him Um you know, his ability to go the other way, uh, the way he plays the field. It's just his approach at the plate is it's it, it's really good to see. I mean, as, you, as I said, you watch a lot of young players and that's where they struggle. And that's what I get really, really impressed with him. And I, I think that that's why he stays is because of that ability. He's going to face struggles, but I think if he continues that approach, those struggles won't last very long. So,
0: Yeah, I think it's refreshing to see someone who's in there for bat first. I think for the Nats, they've had a lot of strong defensive players. So having Taylor in center, Defoe actually providing a lot of defense at second base, which they haven't had with Murphy. They've had Mark Reynolds actually playing decent first base defense. It's nice to have someone who's in there back first. You see the the rough edges with two of the pickoffs that to be fair, the one against the Padres was filthy, but um, kind of getting picked off by Sonny Gray. And then he's had a few lapses in left field. You can, you can deal with that with a nineteen year old as long as he's hitting what is it, three forty at the plate.
1: Yes. And 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 yeah, it's 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 it, and it's funny how something happens. And I wrote about the article something it was Adam Eaton doesn't get injured, does he make the team? Does he come up? Right? You know, does he stay down and, and does he get this opportunity? So um things happen and in and, and any season that you want it the Nationals wanting to go and go further and have those key moments. You look back in a season and you look at this player and say, that injury brings this player up, which changes a lot of things for this team and what they can do going forward.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like you say, he almost certainly wouldn't have come up were it not for the rash of injuries that they had in the outfit. I think in an ideal world, the Nats would have rather played it safe maybe 2019 summertime at the soonest. But then the way everything's played out, they had to get him up. It was either him or Yadio Hernandez.
1: Yeah, and it's ah, uh, it's it's pretty exciting. So I'm actually looking very much. I live in Toronto, so I'm looking forward to actually seeing him live, uh, and not on te- not on television or MLB.com. So um, I'm looking at that. It's going to be pretty exciting. So I'm looking forward to seeing that and seeing Harper, and you know, and uh, it'll be interesting. You know, I'll be sitting there looking at both teams. I mean, I've been, lived a a Jays fan all my life, so. Uh, but I'm looking forward to, to be honest with you, seeing some uh, some good baseball and some, because uh, there hasn't been a lot of good baseball up in Toronto.
0: I'm glad you said it, not me. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it has not been a good season.
0: Uh, also in the Yankees series, we finally saw the return of Daniel Murphy. Although he went over 7 with a walk, I guess on the whole, the return is positive. He, he went first to third on that Matt Adams single before the Soto 3-run home run. Can the Nats deal with the rust with Murphy at the moment? They've got the DH again this series.
1: Um, I, I think so. I think the, the thing is with, with uh, having the DH and, um, you know, they're, they're also going to go up against a team in Toronto that really has trouble scoring runs. And um, they really need to rely on their starters. Now, their starters have pitched a lot better recently, um, except for a couple of games against the Rays. Uh, they pitched, they've had strong outings, but the team isn't scoring any runs. I mean, they didn't, uh, they didn't score any in the last game against the Rays. So, I mean, I, I think with the pitching that the, the Nationals are going to bring into the series, um, and to be honest, the Jays have a one against a left-hander. I don't remember when, so they haven't beaten beaten a left-handed starter in, in some ridiculous number about 11 or 12 times. So it, it, it's, um, <clears throat> It, it, I think at this time, the Nationals can play a little bit where, I mean, if, if, if Murphy isn't going to still be a little bit rough, I don't think they're going to lose too much, uh, as I said, against the Jays. So,
0: Yeah. Do you think Murphy starts all three games? Obviously, the Blue Jays are throwing three right-handers out there. We'll talk specifically about the matchups in a bit, but... Do you think he plays all three games or do you think then that's resting for one of them?
1: It's going to be interesting because a lot of play- managers that come, and Dave Martin, you know, the, the manager also ultimately coached it with the Rays. So a lot of managers that come to Toronto will not play all their players every game because of the turf, you know, um, and it is hard on the body and they'll hear that. I mean, so, you know, I wouldn't surprise me to see him maybe not play a game only because of the turf as well um see that since coming back from an injury giving him that extra day so that wouldn't surprise me at all i, as I said i wouldn't even surprised to see harper dh right you know or or somebody else dh because of that the, the nature of the earth. so so answering that question i yeah i would not be surprised to see him get at least get one day off um maybe the whole like friday night sunday saturday afternoon maybe one of those games
0: yeah i think i'm sure they've got much more stats than us and maybe there's someone with reverse splits where right-handers are hitting better off them and I think if if that's not the case I would sit him on Sunday and then you might be able to squeeze him in um without the DH in the in the next couple of series and like you said they could have someone like Harper or Soto DH who are probably average outfielders at best and then you get Mike and Michael Taylor in the outfield who obviously as we saw uh I think it was Tuesday when he made the spectacular catch in center field so if you can get michael taylor in there to give the defense some help then that'd be great and you give murphy a rest as well
1: yeah and i think i think you'll see a bit of that
0: this weekend for sure mm. uh, and touching on another player coming back from injury obviously adam eaton played both games somewhat notably against sabathia after he sat out on sunday against uh against the giants against the left-hander and he went four for eight he was kind of the spark plug that we're all hoping for and again he might he might play all three games i feel like that's the case given that they've had the day off now and i think they feel comfortable kind of stepping him up to the next level maybe playing him five six times a week is uh is eating someone you're particularly looking forward to seeing
1: well you know i got to see him when he was in the american league um he's you know i mean it, the key with him is keeping him on the on the field i mean it's uh what he can provide i mean it, it, you know we've saw you we saw that last year um, before he won the deal, I think I, I do think that yeah, I, I still think you're probably going to have a day off. I, I wouldn't be surprised again with the turf and stuff like that. I, I it be, it'll be interesting to see how the, the manager comes up with putting the lineup together. But um, I think that's the type of player that you need at the top of the lineup to to get this going, and he provides a different dimension to the team. Um, and uh, and it's. The big thing is keeping him on the field, you know, um, and how do you do that? How many days do you rest him? Do you, does that go on for the most of the season where he gets more rest? And maybe, again, you, that's the benefit of, of coming to an American League team. You get that opportunity to say, okay, we, maybe we don't like the DH, but the plus with the DH is we can put someone still you can play, but you're not going to be on the field. So it's like kind of a half a day off. So, and rest the body from, from having to, to, to play every game.
0: Yeah, definitely. It. I guess for, Na- for National League guys, it makes sense to, like you say, it's a good opportunity to give people a rest. Um, and especially with the, the Nats having lots of people coming back from injury, uh, it makes sense. And, yeah, it's a way to get Murphy in the lineup who probably wouldn't even be activated if we didn't have the DH right now. Exactly. Uh And the last point that I want to touch on in the Yankee series again, we saw Eric Fetty come up and he seems to have the worst luck with, or, well, not worst luck, worst timing when he's coming up. He always seems to face the premium offenses. When he came up last year, he had the Rockies, the Cubs, and this time he's had the the Yankees. <laughs> um, he had five innings, six hits, four and one walk and three strikeouts, and he looked okay. And somewhat strangely, he gave up the long ball, which. Um, hasn't been the theme this season. He gave up three home runs so far in AAA, and they were all in one game. The Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, whose team name I'll never get tired of saying. Can you just chalk that one up to playing the Yankees and having that good of an offense against him?
1: As, as someone who sees the Yankees quite regularly up here, I mean, they their offenses there's about two offenses, I'll be honest with you, that 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 can be very. Uh, actually, I would say three. I would say that the, you, you deal with the Yankees, you deal with the Red Sox and you deal with the, the Astros. I mean, those are three teams that one through nine, uh, you're going to have to grind and um, uh, and it's going to be tiresome and it's going to be it's not even going to be uh, how many hits you give up. It's how many how the how you have to really Make sure that those pitches count. So they're high leverage pitches when you're going up against those lineups. I mean, you can't be fooled. The struggles with uh, Sanchez. I mean, Stanton not being what he what what he was at the second half of last year. I mean, the the, the amount of power that they have is is un- unbelievable. I mean, and so I mean, t- to give up a home run, giving up home runs to the Yankees. I mean, you're one of many that will will do that this season.
0: <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely not gonna be the only one to give up a couple of home runs. And I think it was again good to see him get that velocity up. He was unlucky on the I think it was the Gleba Torres home run where he put a perfect pitch right in the bottom corner of the zone and somehow Torres took it deep and it's like, Well, what can you do about that?
1: Yes. Yeah, that's another another talent. You're talking about Soto Torres is another uh uh young talent it's uh uh to see come out. So
0: hmm. uh so yeah, on the whole, it was quite a positive series from that. So I think everyone would have taken a split coming into it. Uh, but now we're going to look ahead to the Blue Jay series. Obviously, so far in 2018, they're 30 and 38, fourth in the AO East. They are ahead of the Orioles, uh, but they started 18 and 13. What what's changed since the early going?
1: Um. Early on, they were scoring a lot of runs. That was that was it. They were, they were hitting well with runners in scoring. The funny thing is they weren't hitting for average, but they were somehow successfully hitting with runners in scoring position. Um, Josh Donaldson uh, has been hurt most of the season, uh, or when he's in the lineup, hasn't been very effective. He's battled a shoulder injury, uh, leg injury, and um, so they've lost that key element. I mean, you, eventually you can't take that that number three hitter out of your lineup for for an extended period of time and expect, you know, the Solartes and the Diazes to, to, to carry a team. Um, right now they have Teoscar Hernandez, another young player uh, they picked up from Houston. He's been really successful this season, uh, but he's only 25 years old and he's playing in his first full season and he's hitting fourth or hitting first or hitting third. And so uh, they're still learning. Um, so realistically, the offense has almost been non-existent. They are uh, one of the lowest teams in, in hits, uh, and they're one of the top teams in hits given up. The other issue has been uh, the starting rotation. For most of the season, they, you know once they stopped hitting, um, they, the starting rotation wasn't pitching very well. Uh, last seven days, seven to 10 days, they've had some, a good stretch of starting pitching but in general they've struggled. Uh, Marcus Stroman's on the disabled list. He was supposed to be a key contributor to this team. Uh, Aaron Sanchez did have a good start, his last start. You'll see him this weekend. Um, And uh, Marco Estrada, uh, he's had the last couple starts have been good, but for most of the early months, he struggled. Uh, Jay Happ's been successful. You won't see him this weekend. He just finished uh, his last game against the Rays. Um, And the other thing that's not helping this team is the defense. Uh, they personally uh, make a lot of errors and make errors that aren't always in the in the in the box score uh, so plays that should be made that aren't being made and so forth so and you've had some people at a position we've had Russell Martin who's catcher <laughs> play third base play left field um, part of it is yes he's a, a great athlete uh, but in an ideal situation you're not going to be winning too many games when you're gonna have to rely on that so so I think when you look at Struggling in pitching most of the season, a little bit better recently, and they've won a few more games. The hitting's not been there uh, and defense faltering. You're going to have a team that's going to struggle. And and that's what's happened. Um, the other thing is clearly the bullpen. The bullpen's been taxed. The bullpen was phenomenal early on. They did some real, you know, we, we, have, we have a tendency to take former nationals uh, relievers, Tyler Clipper. Um, he's, been good, but lately, I mean, he's been, been like Tyler Clipper. I mean, he has the walks and the home runs. and and uh, But John Axford's been a good pickup, always been decent uh, to pair up. But, I mean, we don't want to bring it up, but the closer is no longer with the team for, uh, for uh, a particular reason, and that certainly changed the dynamic. And some people pinpoint that as a moment that may have changed the dynamic for the entire team. So, um, So with all of these things happening, this team just has not played good
0: baseball. So let me get that right. So right now, the offense is bad, the defense is bad, the starting pitching is bad, and the bullpen's bad. I think you just about covered everything there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I would say that the bullpen is is regressed because it's been overworked. Uh, it's still, it still it still can produce. Uh, the starters have generally struggled. Uh, they've been a little bit better, but yeah, the it's been a, it's been a tough road for this team. They they uh, they came in. I was a believer. They came in thinking they could run for a second wild card. Um, but things had to play right. You needed your number three hitter to be there. You needed your top Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez to be the top ends of your starting rotation. Uh, you expected your closer to be your closer and be there. Um, and, uh, that just hasn't happened. And, um, so like, as I say, you're coming in and you asked earlier about, uh, about players being rusty. This is a lineup that doesn't score runs, uh, the Jays. Um, they take a while. It's almost like they take a while to warm up in a ball game. So, uh, And the Nationals are going to send three really tough pitchers uh, against them. So it, it's going to be a challenge for this team.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the offense was kind of a theme in their last series against the Rays. So they lost 8-4 in the opener. Ryan Yarbrough actually started a game, believe it or not. He's the guy who came in after Johnny Venters blew up against them. Uh, old friend Wilson Ramos hit a home run in a 4-1 defeat for the Jays, and then to wrap up the series, Matt Duffy hit a walk-off single to win it one to nothing in the bottom of the ninth. So it's not a great sign being swept by the Rays, who I think they they overtook you with that last win as well.
1: And, and you know what? It, uh, I think the if I write the line that, that was placed on an, uh, on an article, it was Jays swept – um and and not by a, a and, and neither of the games had a legitimate starter they all started relievers and uh that is a statement uh of the struggles of this team. if you want to sum up where this team is at um they had four really good games against the orioles um but you know it was two really like it was, it really wasn't good competition. And, uh, you know, you hope they turn it around. Um, but they, they, they just went flat. I mean, there's also, I mean, the record of the Jays, it's, you know, in, in Tampa Bay is unbelievably poor. Um, Tim Leeper, the first base coach was saying, uh, it doesn't matter what, for whatever reason, when they go to Tampa Bay, they lose. And for a while there, it was like a, 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 a multi-year stretch before they ever won a series. So they seem to whatever they call it, the, the trop of horrors for the Toronto Blue Jays. But um, yeah, they're, it's definitely it's definitely been a struggle. It's definitely been a struggle. Now, there are some some positive pieces. I mean, Teoscar Hernandez has been an excellent um, pickup for the Jays. They got him for Francisco Liriano for a couple of months for him. Uh and and you know, with what he's done and what he produces and the it, and you'll see the natural power that he has to the opposite field. Um, he's been a highlight in this season. But you know, he's still learning. He's still learning uh to 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 play left field effectively and, and to hit. So uh so it's still hit or miss with that. I mean, Solarte's done a pretty good job coming to the American League uh and, and being effective now josh donaldson is in toronto um josh donaldson is going to run tomorrow um and uh or actually supposedly ran today so i think the decision is to send him to buffalo uh for the weekend uh but you never know um they they could decide he's going to be up in, in, with the team who knows so i mean that could be an, an outside possibility i don't think it'll happen but uh you'll
0: never know yeah it, i'm just reading up on the news on donaldson it says uh running the bases today or has done assuming he's not on a late night run and then heading to triple a buffalo tomorrow but yeah obviously when you're missing a former al mvp that's not gonna go well um but yeah you, you touched on teoscar hernandez he's one of the players that i'm probably quite excited to see obviously he's come on a lot a lot this year 261 31 runs 11 homers and 31 RBI i think he's in the top 3 in the team in all those categories so yes. having a young piece that you can you've just called up and you can build on for quite a few years even if it's not going to happen this year that's definitely a big positive to take out of the season
1: yeah it, it's you know he 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 was in right field they had him in right field and he struggled in right field defensively i mean he looked his route to the balls was was off. Um, he had trouble judging where the ball was going, uh, charging the ball. He's now back and left and he's a completely different player. So um, uh, his ability to run at the ball, is, is he has one of the best arms that I've seen on the team in a long time. Um, his ability to throw. Uh, he, his bat is, is lightning quick and, it, and he hits the bar, ball with authority. And he is exciting to watch. He'll strike out a lot. He will strike out in a, probably a full season. He's going to strike out 100 and 130 times. But he's going to provide power. And maybe that'll change as he gets a little older. But uh, he is pretty exciting to watch. Um, and you know what? Like I said earlier, he's hitting third. Sometimes he's hitting first. He's hitting fourth. That's a lot to ask for a player who hasn't played a full season. And, uh, and to say, hopefully, we'll contend. Um, but he's been able to do it. He hasn't really weathered big struggles. He's had minor struggles. Um, but nothing, no slumps have lasted long. Um, and what he, when he was acquired, he came up with the Jays in September, uh, last year. And he hit eight home runs in September and, um, really captivated uh, the energy of the fans. So he is someone that, uh, the fans really like. He has a uh, lot of energy. He's very positive. Um, and it's something exciting, It's something exciting. Another person who's actually playing really well since coming off the DL is Randall Grichik. You'll remember him from St. Louis. Um, he's, he struggled early on. Um, he didn't struggle defensively. He's a, he's a great outfielder and uh, has continued to be a great outfielder and right for the Jays, but he's hitting a bit better. He's starting to hit, but they gave up, they gave up Dominic Leon for him and they gave up Connor Green, who is a top 30 prospect. So so I think they're going to, you're going to see him playing every day. I mean, they have Granderson. Uh, Granderson is kind of DHing right now with Kendris Morales. So I think you're starting to see this transition of this team where they're starting to play the pieces that might be uh part of the next year going forward and so forth. So, so we're, so we're going to start to see some changes that are happening with the ball club.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's funny you say that it's, with the the way the division's shaping up in the AL East where you've got the Red Sox and Yankees running away with it are there are there players that you could see getting dealt i i assume it's like you say they would be ki- competing for a second wild card spot but even that seems a bit of a push given um there's only really the one wild well none of the wild cards because you'll probably have the person who doesn't win the division out of the AL East and the person who doesn't win the division out of the AL West so even if they are lurking around 500, can you see pieces getting dealt? Maybe Salate, maybe Tyler Clifford, who you touched on before?
1: Um, oh, I think they're moving in that direction. I think, uh, you know, Ross Atkins came out and said that the trade market is is going faster than in previous years. I mean, we already saw the Seattle deal uh, with the Rays. So, I mean, I think that you're going to start to see deals a little earlier. The American League, there's the haves and the have-nots. I mean, you have... And really, the battle in the East is between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Uh, people are expecting Cleveland to run away with the Central. Um, and in the West, it's Houston and Seattle. And then whoever doesn't win the West and the East is so far ahead of everybody else. I mean, that and especially with the Angels losing like a tawny. I mean, the, the reality is that you're really seeing that here are the teams that are probably going to win the American League. So do I think the Jays, the Jays will start dealing. I think the person to really watch for a lot of teams is Jay Hap. Jay Hap is going to be the player, the pitcher that's more sought up, sought after than anyone would have ever expected. Um, I think when you look at the pitching market, you look at, okay, you say, well, maybe the, the Tigers will trade Mike Fulmer. Maybe the Rays will trade Chris Archer. Chris Archer isn't pitched well and he's hurt. Uh, maybe the Texas will trade Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels has struggled uh, uh, this season. Jay Happ has, is striking out over 11 batters per nine innings. Uh, he's a left-hander. He has exceptional numbers against the American League East uh, teams. He actually has really great numbers against the Nationals. So you start to look at where he might end up going. And I do think he's going to be for sure gone. I think the other name is Josh Donaldson. Um, He's a free agent at the end of the year. The problem with Donaldson is two things. His injury, he's got to prove that he's healthy, number one. And number two, he's got to hit better. Right now, he's striking out at a higher percentage than he ever has. So that's not a good sign. And he's also hitting the ball on the ground. We all know. With power hitters, when they hit the ball on the ground more times, they're more likely going to hit into double plays. So, I mean, they need to get the ball in the air. So, uh, I think his will be, let's see what the next six weeks hold for him. Um, I think the hope is that he'll be a bit, that he will have a good six weeks, that teams like the Phillies and the Braves will continue their Cinderella story, and then they might jump in and go, yeah, we'll go for Donaldson. We'll add him now or someone like that. So, so um, you know, that's another piece. I do definitely think the bullpen arms, any bullpen arm out there is going to be available. Um, uh, Estrada is another one. Estrada, if you look at his numbers, they don't look very good. But his last two starts have been very good. Last start, he struck out nine batters. Uh, Estrada is mixing his fastball and mixing his changeup. And when he's mixing those well, he, is, he proves that you don't need to throw 97 miles per hour to get people out. And he's, again, another friendly contract. These are players on really good friendly contracts. So people aren't going to have to take on a lot of money. So the other thing that the Jays did really well the last couple seasons is they were able, again, picking up Teoscar Hernandez, they gave up Francisco Liriano. Francisco Liriano was going to be a left-handed reliever for the Houston Astros. He had an ERA over five. He had struggled all season, but yet they were able to get to Oscar Hernandez because as a team, they can go to the other teams and say, we will pay the rest of this contract, give us a better prospect. So they've done that twice under this management. So they don't need to cut salary, but what they do want is they want to get the best prospects back. So don't be surprised if they trade any of these people that uh, they also send some money to get better prospects. Another name to watch is Kevin Pillar. I mean, he's got two years left. They'd have to be given something decent for him. But they've got young outfielders. They may pick up a young outfielder in a trade. That's another name that's a, certainly a possibility as well.
0: Yeah, I think the the two that stand out to me, you said J.A. Hat. I think he could, he could set the market in effect because he, he's the type of pitcher who would be a – a great number three type pitcher for a team who, like you say, striking out eleven batters an in inning, and some teams may look at that nice and favorably and go, "Well, if we can get him for a good price, he could pitch like, like I said, in a number three role and get you get both teams good value because they can get a good value prospect for someone of that caliber, but also that team might have starting rotation problems if the Nationals' injuries continue. Say, J. A. Happ would be perfect.
1: Yes, I mean certainly would. I mean he's uh and it, it's just you, this isn't just recent. I mean this happened when he went to Pittsburgh, when he worked with Ray Serge, he changed uh some of his mechanics and there was a notable change and he's come to Toronto, he had a 20 win season, he pitched well last season and this season he's even getting better and you watch him on the mound, um he's a competitor, he's a great teammate, um and he just racks up innings. He gets the strikeouts and he's left-handed and he's been able to beat really good teams. So when you combine all of that uh, and he's all, and he's been in the playoffs, he was in the playoffs with the Phillies. So, I mean, it's, it's not, he has that experience as well in a market that doesn't have a lot of pitchers in a market that have a lot of pitchers with maybe bigger contracts or, you know, having to take them on for longer or maybe having to give up even more. Um, he's going to be appealing because, as I said, this year he only had a thirteen million dollar deal. So when you prorate that, that's not a lot of money left over.
0: Yeah, uh, and the other name, obviously, like you said, Josh Donaldson. If the Blue Jays can eat a lot of that contract, we saw the Cubs go out and get our oldest Chapman a couple years ago, and they gave up Lieber Torres, who we talked about before. And if the Jays can eat enough of that contract, like you say, someone like the Braves, who don't have the most ideal third baseman, even though he's High up in the all-star voting, but we're not gonna get into that. Uh they could get a nice prospect, especially in the Braves deep farm system, for example. Um I'm trying to think who else might have a third base need. Maybe uh who's near the top in the west? I think it's the uh the giant? They I, they no. Have
1: a, giant, they're, I think. They have Sandoval. Or... Oh there yeah, Sandoval, the and <laughs> <in> Sandoval. <laughs>
0: That Boston, a hell of,
1: a lot of like that, yeah. <laughs> but
0: there'll be teams with third uh, base needs out there. That, like I said, if you can eat a lot of that contract, you can get a really good prospect for Donaldson.
1: And, and you know what? If Josh Donaldson is what he is, he can if he join, joins any middle of the lineup, he will change a lineup. Like yeah. he, you're not adding just a tiny little veteran who's kind of near the end of their career and give you veteran leadership. You're adding a guy who was an MVP a few years ago, a guy who had a, a heck of a second half last year. And, yeah, I, I personally think that you get a healthy Josh Donaldson, you change your lineup.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, it's just the, the health that's the question. You've got six weeks to get him healthy, and if you do that, you could be in.
1: It'll be interesting. It'll be it'll be definitely a different a different feel up here. But you know, there's a lot of exciting things here in, in 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 Toronto. I mean, there's a a big a lot of youth coming up. I mean, obviously Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, he's on the DL, but I mean, he's exciting. People Beau Bichette, Gavin B. We ha- we seem to have the the nature of of, of signing former players' sons, <laughs> um, uh, but it's pretty exciting. There's a lot of young talent they've, uh, they've collected, they've added to the team. Um, I think, you know, Danny Jansen is a young catcher, uh, one of the top young catchers in the minors. So, so, I mean, it, it's the transition. They're ready to do a transition. So the team isn't going to be lost for too many years with, uh, who's going to come up, who's going to start filling these roles. So, um, you know, they put the effort in, they thought they had a shot. Um, some of that I think was, you know, maybe last year was just a bad year. Uh, some of it also is that, you know, he had a lot of fans give in to the team, uh, with 3 million fans. So it, it, but you know, you, you, you got to get to the place where you realize, mm, is this core going to win you anymore game? So are they going to get you there? And if not, you need to, to to pull the plug. Cause we've seen so many teams. We saw the Phillies years ago. So the Tigers where they just drag on and, uh, you're not that's not good for the organization, that's not good for the fans. So um so as I said, the next six weeks will be pretty exciting in Toronto, a lot of speculation.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm kind of disappointed that we're not gonna see Guerrero. If he hadn't got injured, this could have been the series where they jump in from double A like the Nats did with Soto. And I think I think his average had finally dropped below 400 at it.
1: I uh, yeah, it's it was Every day. I mean, there were more highlights. There are people in Toronto begging for the network, the sports network up here to cover the New Hampshire games. (laughs) uh, uh, There was a legitimate movement on Twitter. It was more people uh, retweeting highlights from the New Hampshire games than the Jays games. So it's definitely the hype is very real in Toronto. I don't think this team has ever had uh, a generational talent um, in the minors. They've been great players, um, but someone like him, like in Nationals having Harper, I mean, no, there's not been that that person that you're hearing about that you're excited about. That I mean, if they put if they put jerseys today in the J Shop, they would sell out the Guerrero jerseys, and he hasn't even set foot in in Triple A. So,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, I think everyone's excited to see him. I think it's only a four to six week injury, so. He, sh- he may well make his debut come the end of the season, but again, the contract, the contractual thing, plays into that again. Yeah, so they might
1: wait. Um, and again, they're you know they're gonna they are going to they they want to watch this injury and make sure it isn't big. Uh, that's the big thing right now. I think it's to make sure that he's fully healthy. There's no lingering injuries, and and so forth. So,
0: hmm. so now we're gonna look look at each of the matchups individually so first up on friday at 7:05 5 p.m we've got gio gonzalez facing off against aaron sanchez gio gonzalez six and two with a two six five era aaron sanchez three and five with a four three three era but you touched on it before sanchez has had his good moments he was an all-star and got cy young votes in 2016 but then this year and last year to some extent he's been below par so what's been the major change for sanchez
1: well last year the biggest change was he he was hurt majority of the season he had uh blister issues and basically they took the the entire season away from him um and uh so I mean very similar to rich Hill's history um so so that was one so when he started this season his his biggest issue and you'll watch him is his control um for a guy who can throw ninety seven ninety eight has a great curveball. He's had trouble getting the curveball to fall for strikes. So, um, and his, at times his fastball it loses commands. So early on in the season, he was struggling because he wasn't throwing as hard. So there was a lot of speculation that he was holding back, uh, with the blister thought in his mind. Um, but the biggest thing for him is his command, uh, and, and, and being able to throw strikes and stay ahead of hitters. Um, and and that's where he struggled the most this year. For as I said, for someone who throws as hard as he does, he doesn't strike out as many batters as he should, and he's walked too many. So that's never a good combination. Um, so that uh, that's that's where he struggled this year. When you go back to his his twenty sixteen, he had that excellent season. Um, he you know he led the league in ERA, um, and 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 it was. It was back to being command and, 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 and so forth, And he, but he's lacked command with a lot of his pitches this season.
0: Hmm. And obviously opposing him, Gio Gonzalez, who started the season fantastically and was in some of the all-star discussions, but last two starts, seven runs over just 10 innings. And we saw it early in the season, his wit was about 1.4, and it, it seemed like it was going to come back to bite him. And in the last two games, he's given up home runs, and I think that's coming back to him. You did mention the Blue Jays' struggles against lefties, so is this a good chance for him to bounce back?
1: I mean, it is. I mean, they're, they're definitely a free-swinging club, um, so there's a lot of players strike out a lot. Um, but, I mean, it could be an interesting night, though. I mean, it, we you know, Gio Gonzalez's control sometimes will lose the loss, and if Sanchez has control, I mean, then taking a, it, it might be what team takes advantage of the wildness that either pitcher, Um, Throws So, so that'll be the big thing. But again, they really, the Jays have really struggled. I mean, they have um, looked at it today. They have an OPS uh, around about 600 against left-handers. So they, they, they're just not strong. They haven't had a good year. Um, uh, A lot of times, a lot of teams will with their switch hitters, Smoke and Morales and Solarte, they will bring left-handers in to face them. Uh, because they haven't been able to hit with as much power against the left-handers, so, so, I mean, it it, it doesn't bode well. Uh, the key for the Jays, they'll have to just uh, be patient um, and and not chase pitches, but that's been their their struggle and against lefties. They really struggled this season.
0: Yeah, I think it it's definitely going to be an interesting one. Like you say, they've both got very similar flaws at the moment. So, if I had to go out on a limb, I'd think I'd pick the Blue Jays to win this one, and. Maybe like you say, yeah. Aaron Sanchez had a nice couple, couple starts to um, kind of get back on track a bit. So, how do you see this one going?
1: Um, if Aaron Sanchez pitches the way he did against the Orioles and against Detroit, um, which Detroit is at that game, he he really pitched very well and um, went into the sixth inning. I, I think they have. They might have a chance. To, I think this time to 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 finally beat a left hander. Um, it is all going to start with the starters because again, the offense needs that time to to get going. It seems with this team, they need to, they need to have a few zeros early in the season. There were runs given up early, and that seemed to put the team behind. But this team has an, a crazy knack. If this team scores five runs or more, uh, they have a record of like twenty six and one. And they have an absolutely horrendous record. I think they've only won like five games when they score less than five runs. So, so they have to really score runs, it seems, to win ball games. So,
0: yeah. Um, it's, um, other than the matchup we're going to come on to in a bit, it's not a series that will go the way of the record, I don't think. I think the Blue Jays are going to play them hard, especially with Sanchez facing Gonzalez. We got Gaviglio, is that how you pronounce it?
1: biglio, yes,
0: <laughs> against uh, against Roark on Sunday, and again that's going to be a fairly even matchup. Uh, but sandwiched in between that, we have Max Scherzer against Marco Estrada on Saturday at four o five PM. Max Scherzer ten and two, two ERA. Marco Estrada three and six with a five o nine ERA. Are you going to try and paint an optimistic picture for the Blue Jays in this one at all?
1: Um. <laughs> Uh, you know, the last time they faced Max Scherzer, Kevin Pillar took him deep twice. Uh, I believe 2015, I remember he took him deep twice. It was the second game of a doubleheader, and the Jays went on to win 11 games in a row. So maybe, just maybe, that's what the Jays need, is to face Max Scherzer again uh, and get back on the streak. But no, no, seriously, I think, um, uh, you know, is Strata pitched really well. And it, it, it I mean, he can definitely be a challenge if if he's able to do, and I think he'll be paired up again with Martin because they seem to work well together. Um, you mean they're not going to put Martin at shortstop? Well, you never know. He could <laughs> play last. Maybe maybe he'll come out of the bullpen. I mean, I'm waiting for that one next. <laughs> we had Kendrys pitch. We had Kendrys Morales pitch in the bullpen. That was the most. That was an exciting game. The game was horrible. I mean, the Jays were cream, but Kendrys Morales pitched in, in the ninth inning and pitched a clean inning. So. <laughs> Yeah, never, this season's been full of surprises. So, um, but realistically, I statistically, it's going to be Max Scherzer in that game. I mean, it, it uh, but we know baseball. I mean, anything can happen, but, uh, his dominant, I mean, he gets better. I mean, he gets better. It, it seems every year. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I remember him with the Tigers and he was the, the shadow of J- Justin Verlander. And, uh, uh, now, I mean, he's just, uh. I I expect the Jays to have fits against him The Jays are a free swing and ball club. So I think there'll be a lot of strikeouts in that game.
0: Yeah. I think that's the, that's the impression I got. And it's one of these scenarios where you're surprised where he doesn't get double digit strikeouts now. And I think this is another occasion where he probably will. And you said it baseball is baseball and funny things happen, but in this scenario, it's difficult. Um, and Marco Estrada, again, It's it's been a rough rough ride for him. I think he had a good year in 14 and 15, and then he's slowly regressed and becoming more hittable. I think he's on on high for a career in hits per nine and low in K per nine, which had been kind of his trademark where he was striking out um, a, bat, a batter in Indian, basically. So that regression and the Nats do have a lot of good left-handed bats. I think they... They come out in a blowout, which would be much needed for this team. This team. Is that um, kind of the thing that you're going along with as well?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, he, he, he had those two good seasons, 2015, 2016, 2017, struggled. Um, he's had back issues. Um, that's one of the things that has really been his, his big Achilles heel. Um, he, he's he's got to be placing his pitches perfect. And when he is, he's I mean, his changeup is one of the best in the game. And and it and it's so devastating because it it, it, it because his fastball looks so much faster because of the devastating changeup. So um I mean I, I, I can see this game maybe not blowout, but I could see it be something like a 5-1 game. Um hmm. something like that. You know, I mean the big thing is big with 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 uh strata is a home run ball. I mean, he, he has, he always has had that issue. Um, um, and, uh, it's been more prevalent in the last couple of years back to when it was with Milwaukee. So it, uh, I mean, I, he's prone to giving up, you know, he's going to give up a few. Uh, you just hope there's not anybody on when he gives them up.
0: Yeah. And again, the nationals are one of the leaders in home runs. I think they're still leading the National League, maybe behind the Yankees and the Red Sox. So it does seem somewhat doomed, but, Baseball is baseball, and you never quite know with these things. That's true. Uh, and then the, to wrap up the series on Sunday, we've got Tanner Arc against Sam Gaviglio. That's still a weird name. Uh, <laughs> Sunday at one o five PM. Tanner Arc three and seven with a three six three ra and Gaviglio. I'm going to say Gaviglio a few more times. Uh, two and two with a three six six ERA, and those numbers kind of paint the picture of a very close matchup. Is that? How you see it going? I haven't seen a lot of Gaviglio There it is again. Uh, um, so what, what's the scouting report on him?
1: Um, he doesn't. He throws quickly. Um, that's one of the things. Uh, he he has to really mix his pitches. He he doesn't have an overpowering fastball, so he's not gonna 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 try to be up. But he's got to again place his pitches well. Um, he's had, has had a really great game against the New York Yankees. He pitched seven shutout innings. His last outing against the Rays wasn't so good. Um, and uh, pitches were left out over the plate and so forth. So, so I think, uh, I mean, he, he's had some good outings. He's had some struggles. He's not someone with, I mean, he's a good arm. I mean, uh, it, it, Gibby had mentioned that he, he's more, of he grinds as a pitcher um, a little bit more. Uh, he doesn't have the natural stuff that you're going to get from a Sanchez or the, or the changeup you're going to get from an Estrada. So, um, so for him, the key again, will be to do what he did against the Yankees where he pitched quickly, pitched ahead. Um, he's not going to strike out a lot of batters. So you need his defense to, to, to make the plays behind him. So, um, <clears throat> but you know, Tanner Rourke, you know, I was just, Talking with someone is is almost that underrated pitcher, uh, on the Nationals. Um, you, you hear Scherzer, everybody hears Scherzer. I mean, how phenomenal his season is. That's easy. Gio Gonzalez, when you look at his his, his, his uh, initial numbers, his and, and you're very impressed, like the ERA and and so forth. And then you think of like every Strasburg, but Rourke really is that that fundamentally. He's going to have to step up with Strasburg being injured. So. Um, to step into that next level. And you know what? He pitched pretty good against the Yankees. DD Gregorius hit him twice. And in Yankee Stadium, a left-hander hitting a home run, sometimes that can just be a fly ball to, to, to right field. Um, it's so that to me, I give the edge to the Nationals for sure. In that I expect again, I don't see a big, a big blowout either in that game. I see um uh, but I do see you know, 5-2, something like that. I mean, I think that is going to have to pitch like he did with the Yankees, not like he did against the Rays.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a, a close one. i would probably go closer than you and say about 5-4, to 4-3, four, four to three, that kind of score. Um, but yeah, Roark is definitely one of the most underrated pitchers probably in the National League because I think it's the, the strikeouts that he doesn't get noticed for. He gets about seven strikeouts per nine in, say... And then when you've got Scherzer, who's striking out everyone on the planet, probably on course for about 300. Strasbourg, the former number one overall pick, as everyone knows. And again, he gets the headlines as he should be an ace. Even Jeremy Hellickson has been getting more plaudits than Tanner Roark for coming in, pitching incredibly under three ERA. But then in this day and age, if Roark can keep pumping in that three and a half ERA, that's perfect for a number four or five starter at the back end of the rotation. And you need guys like that who are going to eat up those innings.
1: Yeah, it's impressive. You'll go six, seven innings on a regular basis, and it, and it's you don't see those short outings, you know. And um, and I think also you you, you talk about Helixson, I think some of that is is that people outside of not, not following the Nationals will see Helixson because he played for a bunch of teams, you know, and 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 see the name, and they won't see this name of this one pitcher. Um, and it it you know. Uh, because they they're just not aware, you know. Like you say, you have all the big names. I mean, that guy's kind of off to the side, but I'll tell you, he's a huge part of the team now, um, especially with the injury, and he's a huge part of the team going forward with Gio Gonzalez being a free agent. So I mean, it, it, it's this is crucial. He didn't have a very good season last season, so it, it, it's it's crucial that he's bouncing back this season. And um, so so I as I said, I think that uh, that'll be. I think people watching. The Washington Nationals, for the first time up here, will, will be impressed with him. Uh, some will not know who he is, uh, but uh, but they will be impressed with him, um, I think, of the three. They'll have an expectation of Scherzer, and people know Gonzalez, but I think they'll be impressed with the work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of our other contributors, Ross, loves his Tanner Arc six innings, three earned runs, or less, Claxon. That seems to happen almost every single start. I think he's only had two starts this season where he's given up more. So, the problem I, for Roark so far has been the run support. He's only had three and a half runs per game, which is the lowest, um, lowest on the team so far. So, that kind of explains the lopsided record where he's got seven losses, three wins, with a three six three RA, which probably should be about even if not slightly above five hundred.
1: Yeah. And that's the other thing. People look at the record and go, well, that record's terrible, you know? And, and it's, and it, it still amazes me that still people will, that will like focus on that and forget the fact that have you watched this pitcher pitch? Have you taken a good look at what they're when they've done in each game? And what was impressive is the fact that I think he's only thrown five innings once every other time it's been six plus innings. Um, and again, right now in this rotation, he's your fourth starter and and coming probably into the season. So that's phenomenally better than most people's even third starter. So, or, you know, so, I mean, it, 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 it bodes well. I mean, and especially as I said now, I mean, again, the, against the Yankees, I mean, you're not going to win any games when your team doesn't score. And, and as I said, two solo home runs, I mean, there's nothing you can do there. You tip your cap to the the hitter and, and that's what
0: happens. Yeah, absolutely. I think there was a lot of hat tipping going on in the Yankee series, but yeah, it's, it's tough to come out of that. And coming back to this series, I think it it would be a great result for the Nationals to take two out of three. It always is, no matter who you're playing on the road. So I haven't predicted a sweep as well. I I hate predicting
1: <laughs> I think sweeps are one of the hardest things in baseball. Uh building is easy, but it it actually is one of the hardest. Unless you're the Jays and you go to Tampa Bay, then you can predict the sweep. <laughs> teams, but, uh, no, it, uh, I, I, I think that two out of three, uh, it is, is probably where I would go as well. Um, you know, it'll all depend on, uh, it, for the Jays, the key will be their starters, what the starters do, how long they keep the team in the game. Um, and, you know, that'll be really the key for the Jays, uh, to, to go against the nationals. So, um but uh i'm hoping there'll be some exciting games um and i really look forward i always find it interesting to see what the national league managers do with the designated hitter um i think uh the de- if you're going to keep the designated hitter i think american league uh, managers should do what the national league managers do with the designated hitter I, I think the days of having the permanent dh are coming to an end um i think it's a if you're going to have it use it as a position to rotate your players and have an extra versatile player, so I, I look forward to seeing how Dave Martinez and, and 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 certainly up close watch him uh, uh, manage his bullpen. Um, I, I've been impressed of how he, you know, besides Doolittle, has been able to to ma- mix and match pitchers that hey haven't been as dominant as they could be, um, and so forth. But his ability is very much like Dave Roberts in that he uh, likes to play the the matchups and the, and, and the, uh, I, it's almost it, people having different roles and different situations, depending on the hitters, except Doolittle gets the ninth. Mm.
0: Uh, so I think that more or less wraps us up. I want to say thanks again, for Sean, for joining us, uh, being our resident blue Jays expert with the very thick Canadian accent to make it authentic. So <laughs> where can our, where can our listeners find you in your work?
1: Where listeners find uh, my, my, work uh you could find my you can well you can i'm follow me on twitter i'm at sean underscore addis um uh right do my work on district on deck and uh You're i do some plug ra- the
0: blue jay stuff i can talk but pardon me you can plug the blue jay stuff oh i can i also
1: write for baseball perspectives toronto so so yes i do the, the blue jay stuff there as well and uh yeah so I do a little bit of Nats, a little bit of Blue Jays. I also write for uh, Canadian University Sports Network, uh, and I do some writing of uh, university baseball here in Canada. So, so uh, yeah, so I, I do a little bit of baseball everything, but if you want to follow me, I'm at, at Sean underscore Addis.
0: Perfect. Um, so, again, remember to check out some of our content this week. Ross posted about how Vegas is viewing the Nats right now. Still pretty favorable despite the hockey, which I'm going to – putting a subtle brag there uh and then coming up on friday we have monty looking at sean doolittle's all-star case this season obviously he's been one of the best relievers in baseball and it would be great to see him pitch at nats park remember to follow us on twitter at district on net give us a like on facebook district on Deck. follow us on spreaker with the podcast you can download the app and have episodes downloaded to the app you can also subscribe on itunes or google play and get episodes automatically downloaded to your ios and android device we'll return over the weekend with the second round of the beltway battle with baltimore and then we also have that weird game game and a half against the yankees which uh is following up the england game there's my other world cup me- mention and hopefully england will win <laughs> um, i'm not gonna not gonna bore you all with soccer so i'll leave it there